Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You know what time it is, and you know where you are. This is Tyler Chef. I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast, and this week, we're going to talk about this mortgage forbearance thing that I'm hearing a lot of folks talking about. I'm, everybody's an expert on Facebook. I'm seeing all these people giving out legal advice and, and the real estate investors thinking they're helping people out, but really they're giving some terrible advice out there. So I was hoping that maybe I could give you a little bit of clarity on the subject. Now, that said, full disclosure, I am not an attorney. Therefore, this is not legal advice. I want you to go spend a couple hundred bucks and hire a real estate attorney to give you relevant advice that applies to you in your local market. Don't ever take face value legal advice from somebody who's not a lawyer, from a non-lawyer. But I'm going to talk today not so much about the legal aspect of things, but how to protect yourself in regards to this whole forbearance. First of all, you got to understand that a mortgage forbearance basically is when they, they put off your payments for a few months. And this is the big popular thing right now. A lot of loan services are out there going, hey, you know, we know you're having a hard time. You can We can give you a forbearance. We can, you know, for three months of payments. And what a lot of folks don't realize. Now, keep in mind, this is not does not apply to all lenders and all servicers. It's a case by case. But many Many of these folks are agreeing to a forbearance, thinking that's going to do them a solid, help them out in these tough times, only to find out that guess what happens in three months? Well, that three months worth of mortgage payments is due. You can imagine the surprise for a lot of folks when they get to the end of that rope and realize that they've got to cough up three and then technically four months of payments on a 90-day forbearance. This is not the same as forgiveness, folks, okay? When they forgive a payment, that generally means they'll they'll take it off the loan. They just, they'll, they'll just excuse it. You don't have to pay it. Or you can do a deferment. Now, a deferment, and keep in mind, guys, they're using different words depending on the service or depending on where they are, what their legal expertise is. Everybody's going to have different terms for this. This is why you need to understand exactly what the terms are and what you're getting ready to agree to. Don't agree to anything that's not reduced to writing, first of all. When you get when you make an arrangement with your lender, let's say you're having financial trouble and you're getting ready to renegotiate with your lender, anything that you come to the meeting of the minds with, make sure you have it reduced to writing. Can you please send me that in writing? Because if it's not in writing, frankly, it doesn't exist, okay? I don't care what the person on the phone at the collection agency or the loan servicer says. If they won't give it to you in writing, it doesn't hold any water. Now, at some point, hopefully, things are going to get better. Jobs are going to start going again, and this won't be an issue. But I know now a lot of you that have rental property, and frankly, maybe even your, your own primary home, you're in trouble. Maybe you're one of those folks that doesn't have, if you, don't, if you don't have reserves set aside, and for whatever reason, you unfortunately lost your job suddenly. Maybe you're in the service industry or whatever you were doing. You've got some financial pitfalls that you're trying to avoid. I understand what that must be like. I had the same thing go on to me when I was a lot younger. It was stressful back in these days, but it's nothing like it is today. These are unprecedented times. We are in uncharted waters, make no mistake. I want to explain to you what the mortgage servicer does, first of all, so you're clear with who you're talking to. A lot of times you say you, you called your bank or I called my mortgage company or I called Bank of America. Not really. You called the servicer. Now, a servicer can be a host of different companies. And in some cases, Bank of America does service their own loans. They service loans for other people. But understand, that usually when you're not going to get on the phone with the person that actually wrote the check or sent the wire transfer to fund whatever real estate purchase you made, you're talking to a servicer. And a service is a middleman or middle person oh, that essentially their job is to collect the payments from you and then distribute them to the lender or to, in this case, the investor. They have a very important role in the process. Basically, for example, all the notes that Jill and I and Paige and everybody else owns, we usually have a servicer in the middle between us and the borrower. Primarily, that's because in a lot of cases, you have to be licensed in an individual states to service mortgage debt. So we want to make sure that our servicers, if a license is required in that in that state, that the servicer is licensed, okay? So now Tyler doesn't have to go out and get a license. Jill doesn't have to go out and get a license. We can use a licensed servicer to help bridge the gap. Banks are the same way. And understand, guys, behind a lot of these mortgages, especially ones that have been 
out there a while is somebody like me is somebody like me who bought that note from the mortgage company that originated the loan okay and these notes are are bought and sold every day. You can go on different types of sources. A paper stack is one of them. And you can actually buy the mortgage. People say, well, why would you buy the mortgage? Well, you buy the mortgage. Let's say it's a $100,000 mortgage. I would buy it for, let's say, $60,000. And the reason why the bank would sell it in the first place is that they want to have as much of their cash out of it up front so they can go out and do more loans because in the origination process, they make their money when they originate the loans. That's how they make their, their money. So really, once that transaction's closed for them, their money or the money they plan on making is is done, they will assign the loan to a servicer. A servicer picks up the, the ball and carries it. And then at some point, they'll probably, the bank will sell that loan to someone. Now, in a lot of cases, the bank, the person that, or the company that buys the note, just to keep things simple, may retain the services of the same servicer. Sorry for the service a couple different times there, but here's what it is. So that servicer's job is to then continue collecting payments. So as far as you know, you're sending your payments to the same t same place every time. Now, I know some of you that had mortgages, you get a letter in the mail sometimes that says, hey, so-and-so has bought your note. Now you're going to make your payments to so-and-so. In cases like that, that's generally where they've changed servicers, whether the note got bought or sold, or maybe the servicer was changed or whatever. They changed servicers, and that's why this goes on. So they collect mortgage payments, and then they send these mortgage payments to the lender or to the investor for a fee and that's how they make their money. This is who you're going to communicate with, guys. You're not going to communicate with the person that wrote you a check. In most cases, you're going to deal with the middleman. So understand that. Now, forbearance is when the servicer agrees to allow you to miss a couple payments. But in a lot of cases, this means that those payments must wind up remaining due and payable in a very short period of time. Some cases, it's two, three months. So imagine this, you're going to go a couple months and then surprise, you've got three, four mortgage payments that could hit you over the head. And that's rather terrifying. So how do you get around this? Well, first of all, when you have a conversation with them, you want to ask very clear, very pointed questions. What does it mean I get to miss three mortgage payments? And they'll say, well, you don't have to make the next three mortgage payments. And then what happens to those payments? Oh, well, then they'll be due and payable in September. Oh, okay. So that's not going to work for me. What other options are available? How about a loan modification? Can we delay the payments for 12 months and put those payments on the back end of the loan? Can you forgive the payments? Can we do a short sale? Think of all the different solutions that you could use and put to work for you to help you out of the situation. Maybe you decided you want to sell the property. And this is where maybe a short sale makes sense. So let's say you, you owe, I don't know, hundred grand on the property but it's only worth 90, right? Because nobody's buying right now. The buying market is, is decimated because the banks aren't loaning money very much. So if you have to sell it for less than the 100,000, you'd ask for a short sale and you'd basically go to the bank, tell them that you want to do a short sale. You'll have to list it with a licensed real estate agent. In most cases, at least that's just the case in Florida. You have to, you have to put it for sale on the open market. And then the bank has to agree to the short sale terms. That's one of a million different strategies. You could sell your property subject to the existing mortgage if somebody else is willing to pick up the ball and run with it. Understand this. This is the gotcha. Number one, the bank could call the loan due. That's always possible. It's They say it's unlikely, but it's possible. Or the guy that you sell it to may decide to stop making the mortgage payments. Keep in mind, the mortgage is in your name, not in theirs. So what what uh, motivation do they have to keep the mortgage current? Well, for me, that would equal a really big down payment. I'd want them walking away from a big chunk of change. However, you don't have any, if you don't have equity, that's going to be tough. How are you going to get a big down payment if you're already selling it, if you're already upside down? That's going to be a challenge. You're going to have to find a really dumb person that's willing to take over this loan subject to, but keep in mind, they're not taking over the loan. They're just making the payments. Loan is still in your name. Big risk. So when you're talking to these servicers, explain to them the situation you're in. Hey, you know, I worked at a, I own a restaurant and the government has shut us down. In our case, we have uh, our short-term rental side of our business. We've got several short-term rentals. The governor in Florida just freaking outlawed them just like that. Like, hey, guess what? You're closed. The end for, I think it's 30 days. So what happened is Airbnb immediately canceled all of our reservations. So we lost 
forty, fifty thousand dollars in this blink of an eye, just like that in reservations that got canceled. We had no say in the matter. They just got canceled. Have a nice day. You can imagine that would put most people in a tough spot. The only reason we're able to, to do well and stay afloat is that number one, we have other investment vehicles that are putting out streams of income. Number two, we had reserves in the buildings. But I understand that a lot of folks didn't do that. Frankly, I almost lost my shorts years ago because I didn't have proper reserves. Now I've learned from that mistake and I have reserves, so we will be fine. But if you're in a situation where you think you can't make your, your, your bills, this is the time where you pick up the phone, get on the phone with them. You don't have to be some master negotiator. You can say, look, I don't know how to pay my car insurance this month. What options are available? I can't keep up with my car payment. I lost my job. I'm waiting for the government to send me my stimulus check or your small business loan or whatever. We all know those things are going to take probably months to even show up if they show up, but get on the phone with these folks and have a good conversation with them. Anything that you don't understand when you're negotiating with these credit card companies, insurance companies, your cable company, when you don't understand something, ask for clarity, okay? If you don't, if, if there's a language barrier and here's something a lot of folks don't know. In the debt collection world, if somebody calls you, you and you don't understand them, and as if somebody calls me trying to sell me something, I don't understand what they're saying, I'm just gonna, I, I'm done, I'm not even gonna try. I don't know why those people take those jobs in the first place, but you know, it's like if I decided I was going to go speak, uh, take a Spanish speaking job, but here's the problem. Tyler doesn't speak Spanish. So how do I get hired? That's interesting. I find that's a whole, probably a whole episode all in itself. My point is this, everything is negotiable. Ladies and gentlemen, everything is negotiable. We will all get through this situation, but if you're having a tough time financially, if you don't have reserves in place, it's not the end of the world. Try not to freak out, keep calm and communicate with people have good conversations. The worst thing you can do is go dark and go silent. I tell real estate investors this especially. If you've got flips that are under underway right now and you've got uh, hard money on these flips and you're not done with the repairs, take a deep breath. Let's focus on either getting the repairs done quickly and getting this thing gone or selling it like it sits. I talked about that a couple episodes ago when we talked about this COVID-19 thing. Here's the thing. Everybody understands the lender may have borrowed money to loan you money. That happens a lot. There's people that have borrowed money from their 401k and then they loan it to a house flipper and the house flipper is now probably not going to be able to sell their house anywhere near what they thought ARV was. They're going to take a hit. Maybe it's you get ahead of this thing and you have a conversation with the lender and say, hey, look what happened. This is kind of out of my control. How can we solve this problem? I bet you they're probably having the same thoughts themselves. What are the different ways to solve the problem? And the greatest way to do that is to put your heads together, realize that you're in this together. You're on the same team. This was not what you originally talked about because I'm not aware of any any pandemic clause written into uh, a, a note in a mortgage. I'm not aware of any sort of verbiage that says when the sky is falling, what we're going to do because these things normally don't happen. This is Again, this is unprecedented. So get out there, pick up the phone, and have conversations with people. Okay. You can take these payments and have them in some cases put at the back end of the property. Okay. Do whatever you can to stay current in your mortgage. Understand that a lot of the, the stimulus stuff that they put into play to protect borrowers and, and whatnot, bad credit reporting against them, that is there to, for government backed loans. That does not apply to conventional loans. It does not apply to most commercial debt. Again, you can solve a host of problems by simply opening your mouth and having a conversation with people communicate. Frankly, I've got, uh, I've got uh, an internet provider I can't stand, and they got to go, and they're knocking our heads off on cable. So I'm going to call them and have a conversation and say, I'm tired of getting fleeced on our short-term rental units that are sitting vacant right now, and I want to cancel my, my thing, and let's see what they say. Now, they can say no initially, but at the end of the day, how do I know unless I've asked them? Because really, I want to go with the YouTube TV as, an, as, a thing, as an option, which cost me $50, bucks, uh, one time $50 fee per month versus $50 per unit. I have several units now in short-term rentals 
uh, I'm getting my head knocked off. So that's a way I can cut back and save some costs. Loan modifications, guys, allow you to, just what it says, to actually modify the terms of the loan. Maybe you extend the term a couple years. Maybe they'll be willing to drop the interest rate. And you think, why would they do that? Well, because they want to get paid. Understand that people that, are, that loan money to buy houses and banks that loan money for house purchases and, and investment properties, they're in the loan business. They're not in the property ownership business. The last thing they want is to get your asset. They'll take it if they need to so they can recover some of their losses. But at the end of the day, they want to loan money. They're lenders. That's what they do. Lenders lend. So keep that in mind. How can you facilitate this agreement, this transaction, so that they don't have to take the property back? You can dispose of the property. That's what you want to do. And they can get made whole or as close to made whole as possible. Also understand this. This is not a tax advice. I'm not a, a, a CPA, but there are tax implications to when you get things forgiven. In a lot of cases, there are tax implications. So you'll want to check with a CPA before you sign the dotted line. You might get a little phantom tax come up and surprise you at the end of the year because they forgave money from you. So make sure you have a conversation with your tax professional. Make sure you that you are clear on exactly what's going on. Folks, understand this. These servicers, I don't consider them the enemy. A lot of times they're not legal professionals. They're loan servicers. I don't look at them the enemy. A lot of folks do. They think, well, this this these they're trying to put me under and take my house. No, they're just trying to push paper because you are one of... 5,000 borrowers they have to deal with today, and they're trying to solve the situation. So work together and help them through the situation. Make sure you reduce everything to writing. And one thing I want to say before I wrap up, it's illegal to record somebody, they say, in most states without their consent. Okay, they have to tell them that they're being recorded. That's why when you call your mortgage, your lender or whatever, who's actually your servicer, keep in mind, they'll say this line is being recorded for quality assurance. You have the same right to record the calls. You can have them recorded and transcribed. If you use a service called Rev, R-E-V, they actually have an app that will allow you to make the call and start recording it. And then you push another button, they'll transcribe it word for word exactly what was said during the call so you have a record. That may be an option. Just do yourself a favor, stay compliant, and make sure you say, please be advised I'm recording this call. And do you consent to being recorded? Something like that, because you want to make sure you can prove, if it ever came push came to shove, that you had consent. So the simplest way to do that, I would think, is to ask the question. Make a statement, then ask the question. This call is being recorded, or do you consent to being recorded? They're either going to say yes or no. And if they say no, well, then so be it. Okay? Any agreements that come from conversations, make sure they're reduced in writing. And more importantly, before you sign the dotted line, hire a real estate attorney. I'm talking about a couple hundred bucks. A lot less than your mortgage payment can save you several thousand. Have a real estate attorney in your market that comes well recommended. Review whatever agreements are in place. If there's anything that's unclear, make sure you have them spell it out so that it makes sense. Guys, we're going to get through this together, okay? We're all going to be able to come through this, okay, provided that we make solid decisions that are based on fact, not Facebook posts. Bring This is where you circle the wagons and you bring your professionals together. I know times are tough and you're probably thinking, I don't have the money for a real estate attorney. If I can't pay my mortgage, how can I get a real estate attorney? You could figure this out. You probably have a garage full of crap that you haven't touched for forever that will easily pay for that attorney. That'll save you thousands of dollars. Guys, be careful out there. Be safe. Be smart. This is the time where you really got to sharpen the pencil, look at the big picture, and do what you know is best for you and your family. Folks, catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.